Juggling the responsibilities of business and family life can be pretty tricky. And it's no wonder that business burnout is a common thing. And it's all too often when we're forced to stop and pause that that true feeling of exhaustion sets in. And with Christmas and the holidays just around the corner, I don't want that to be what happens for you. So I'm hosting a series of workshops, some in person and some virtually online. And I'd love for you to be there with me because there's something really special and dynamic about being in the room in person together working on your business. For many, 2022 has been a year of twists and turns. For some, business has boomed and for others, maybe it's been a continual year of pivoting just to keep your business afloat. But whatever it's been for you, it's important to take stock of where you are right now and where you want to be in your business and your life. So I'm bringing you this workshop, which will help you to reflect on the year that was, get clarity around what's serving you and what isn't, and to set goals for 2023 so that you can have the best year yet. I'm going to be covering the critical importance of reflecting on the health of your business and your well-being as an entrepreneur, and you'll finally discover how to access the work-life blend you've been working towards. I'll be covering while pushing through into another year without taking time to reflect and recharge is the worst way to grow your business and the fastest way to burn out, and I'm going to give you some simple things to do instead. Inside the workbook, you'll complete a simple plan incorporating business, family and self-care, forming part of the recipe for a more contented lifestyle and you'll leave feeling confident, clear and ready to power into 2023 knowing that you have a heart-centered plan that's going to serve you, your family and your clients for the best year yet. So if you'd like to check out the locations of where I'll be holding the in-person workshops and the details for the online workshops, which can be accessed from anywhere, head over to donahan.com forward slash events where you'll find all the information. Do less to scale faster. Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, my guest on the She's in Business podcast today is Krista Grasso. Krista has been helping businesses achieve accelerated and sustainable results and increased profitability for more than two decades. Known as the business optimizer, Krista has the ability to quickly cut through the noise and focus on optimizing the core things that will make the biggest difference to grow and scale a business. She's the creator of the Lean Out Method, which we chat about today, and she also shares the four critical components to simple, sustainable scaling in business. Hello, I'm Donna Han, a business coach and an online course creator, and this is the She's in Business podcast. You can think of me as your business bestie, who's a few steps ahead of where you are right now. As a mum fueled with ambition and determination, I've created and sold three businesses, I've learnt the lessons, made mistakes, and I understand the daily juggle and the hustle. I also know what it's like when relationships fray and burnout taps you on the shoulder. That was my world until I reshaped and transformed the way I ran my six-figure business. Today, I help women to transform their businesses and go from being the overwhelmed entrepreneur to becoming the thriving entrepreneur, feeling energized, empowered, and fulfilled within their business lifestyle. I want to inspire your business journey and help you to stop spinning your wheels because I want you to burn bright instead of burning out. And I'll invite other entrepreneurs to share their real life stories too, because I want you to know that you're not alone. You can be the savvy entrepreneur that you are born to be and enjoy the freedom to do the things and be present with the people that mean the most to you. 
So if you're ready to rise to the next level and build a business by design, this is the She's in Business podcast for mums who are made for more. So nice of you to tune in and listen to another episode of the She's in Business podcast. I'm your host, Donna Han, and today I'm joined by Krista Grasso. Welcome, Krista. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you. Today, I really wanted to learn more about you and your journey into the wonderful world of small business. So could you please start us off by sharing who you are, what you do, and a little bit about your business journey so far? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Krista Grasso. I'm the founder of a company called The Lean Out Method. And I really help businesses try to achieve more by doing less, by getting really clear on what actually matters in cutting out or leaning out all of the stuff that does not matter so they don't end up in overwork and overwhelm. And this business came about, I'll say accidentally, as I think so many of our entrepreneurial journeys are. <laughs> yes. is when I was in college, I was a fine art major. And I had always seen myself doing something creative, maybe a jewelry business, or I was really into photography at the time. And I decided to get a business degree when I was nearing the end of my college experience, thinking, if I'm going to work for myself for the rest of my life, maybe I should understand a thing or two about business. So I graduated with all of the lovely college debt that we all graduate with. <laughs> and I decided I was going to work for a couple of years to pay that off while I figured out what I wanted to do. Well, what I wasn't expecting was that that very first job that I got ended up being something that I absolutely loved that ended up completely changing the trajectory of what I had planned. So I ended up getting a job as a project manager in a company that was a lean company. And so they did a lot of manufacturing and they were really big on process improvement and efficiencies and eliminating waste and all of those things that can sound a little boring and dry, but I just loved it. I absolutely loved it. And in order to accept this position, they needed me to start right away. So they asked if I could come in as a consultant. I honestly had no idea what consulting even was. I was just <laughs> happy to have found a job. I said, yes. So 22 years later, and I'm still a lean business consultant and absolutely love it. But I did start a jewelry business and I actually still have that business today. Love it. We're about to celebrate our ninth anniversary for my current jewelry business. And I had another that's about 17 years old. And what I did in that business was make every single mistake that a new entrepreneur makes. Put myself in massive debt. I was working 80 hours a week on a nice, quiet, light week. <laughs> I was in a complete and total state of stress. I did nothing lean in my business, which was ironic because that was what I was mm. consulting with all of these other yeah. businesses on. And I just had such a disconnect because I'm looking at these Fortune 500, Fortune 50 clients I'm working with in my small little baby business. And I wasn't seeing the parallels. I wasn't seeing that the things I could do for them, I could actually do in my own business. And mm. I ended up in so much debt and just at that breaking point where it was either I'm going to have to close this business or I'm going to have to figure out how to actually make this successful. And it was hitting that point that really made me take a step back and look. And I questioned, why am I getting all these businesses I'm consulting with such great results? And I'm struggling so much in my own business. Mm. And that was the birth of the lean out method. I took what I was doing to help other big businesses lean. And I figured out how to apply it to my small business. And mm. what started in a product-based jewelry business, I now leverage 
for all types of businesses, but I really specialize in working with coaches and consultants in more service-based businesses. Mm, so interesting. And you know, what was when you were explaining to me that your own business was the operation side of it was the opposite of what you were consulting in. Was the part of the mindset, do you think that was sort of like self-sabotage happening there without you really realizing it at the time, do you think? Yes. And this is something that it took me a lot of years to realize, but I think I've always had this like war in my mind between creativity and intelligence and efficiency and all of these other things. And I saw them as such polar opposite things. And I didn't see the world in which they existed together, which over time I've realized that's actually my superpower is that I blend the two of those things together. But I always thought I was too creative in the corporate world. I never really quite fit in there. And I was way too structured and organized for the creative artistic world. And I never really fit in there. And it took a lot of years to realize that's actually what makes me who I am and what makes me so successful. But I think it was honestly that mindset was it was like when I was in my jewelry business, I was creative, Krista. When I was consulting, I was efficiency. It had to uh, leave yeah. my smarts, Krista. It was like I was almost two different personas. It was more yeah. realizing that I'm just me and that that's a strength and not something that was actually not going to help me. Yeah, that's so interesting. Isn't it funny how sometimes we don't realize those things are happening internally for us, but when we can really sit into that and almost do a bit of self-discovery, you go, ah, oh, <laughs> I can make this work. I've got everything I need to make this work. It's all inside me. I've just got to put it all together. So interesting. Um, in learning more about you, when you approached me to be on the podcast, I was like, right, let me find out a little bit more about this person. And I'm all about strategic planning and accelerating business success and scalability reclaiming your time and, you know, loving the work as well as leading a fulfilled lifestyle outside of your business. And I know that you are really aligned and passionate about those things too, which is why I was like, hell yeah, you can be on the podcast. <laughs> to start, I'd love to understand your perspective on scalability, because I know this is really your sweet spot, specifically related to new businesses and businesses within the first five years of operation. In those early days, I think there's a tendency to just get in there and hustle. And there's a necessity to that at the beginning, I think, in getting that momentum happening within your business and getting the revenue and the cash flow to be able to then grow. But it's also really important as well, starting as you mean to continue, which can be tricky in those early days, especially if it's your first business, because you're kind of discovering all of that as you go. But if you want to scale and grow, and setting up your business in such a way that you almost need to have that forethought, don't you? It's equally as important as getting in there and just starting and doing the hustle side of business. But I'm interested to know your thoughts regarding the layering of the foundations in those early days when you're just starting out in business or you're in those first five years so that the future, that scalability is a real possibility. What are your thoughts around that? laying those foundations at the beginning so that you can actually have that scalable business in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's honestly never a point in time that's too early to be thinking about scaling. But I think what's really important is recognizing where you are on that trajectory because the decisions that you make when you're in more of an emerging stage are different than those that you make in a growth stage and different than those mm -hmm. that you make in a scale stage. 
So you always want to be pre-paving and setting yourself up for success. And as you said, putting that foundation for scaling in place, but you also want to recognize what your focus area is in each of those stages. So I think of there being four stages of business. There's emerge, there's grow, there's scale, there's influence. That's my perspective. I know people have different names for it. But when you're in emerge, usually your main goal is trying to find product market fit. You're trying to find the right offer for the right person at the right price that you can sell on repeat. Like you've proven that somebody wants what you have to offer. And at that point, you are in more of that hustle mode. You're trying all the things. Everything that would be a bright, shiny object later in business is actually a smart experiment when you're in that stage of business because you're trying all the things to try to figure out what's going to work. The problem is we train ourselves during that stage that more is better, do everything, do everything all at once. And we don't train (laughs) ourselves how to weed out the things that aren't working, how to lean out what isn't working so that we're only continuing to do and only continuing to experiment with and build upon what's working in the business. And I think that's the really important part for any listener who's still in that emerge stage, go all out, experiment, try it, but do it smart, do it strategic and actually measure and look at what's working, what's not working and make intentional decisions about what you do next. And if you're doing that in that stage, you are laying a foundation for growth and a foundation for scalability. Now, when you get in the growth stage, you're like, I've got something. People want this. <laughs> people are buying it. How do I get more people to buy it? And in grow, right, you're just trying to bring in more revenue, more clients. What grow gives you, though, is also more complexity. Because as your revenue goes up, as your clients go up, usually your resources go up. So things get more expensive. You have to start bringing on team depending on your business model. And so when you're in a period of growth, it can look really good if you're just looking at your revenue numbers. But if you're really looking at how much you're working, if you're looking at your profit margin, if you're looking at a lot of those things, it's not always all that favorable. So (laughs) my key there in making sure that you're growing in a sustainable way and you are setting yourself up to then be able to move into scale is the same thing. Look at what's working, amplify what's working, lean out and cut what isn't. And I think that's so important Mm. because when you get into scale, you're actually scaling less things. I think people think of scale as more, but you want to be scaling the few things in your business that are working exceptionally well. You don't want to be scaling all the noise and all the things and all the complexity and all the distraction because that's not sustainable. So I think when you're in the growth stage, Mm. that's how you set yourself up for scaling is you simplify. You get rid of the things that aren't working. You double down on what is. And you try not to let your business get so complex that it becomes hard to take that step back and make the strategic decisions. And then when you're in Mm. scale, right, scale is all about actually increasing your revenue, increasing your impact, but not increasing your resources at the same rate. So when you're scaling, which should be something every business wants to do, simply because it means you're making a bigger impact and you're bringing in more profit. And it's not taking more of your time and more of your financial resources. Yeah. So much gold in there. So much. I think that we get so busy in being in our business that it's that whole thing of, okay, what do we, what's not working that we can strip out or lean out as you say. And then what do we need to double down on? That's really bringing the impact for that intentional goal, that stage that we're in at the moment. So that was really, really helpful. The other thing that I'm interested to talk to you about 
here is sustainability. For context of everyone who's listening, and I'd love your input on this as well, Krista, is sustainability is a business approach to creating longevity for the business itself. And I think also long-term value for clients and a team as well. Like if you've got a team, you want to make sure that there's long-term value for them as well to sustain the business. And I think, um, you know, we need to have sustainability in a changing economic environment. Like COVID taught us a lot about that as business owners. But I think it's also really important for sustainability for the business owner and also for team members too in avoiding burnout, which I think from what I see in working with female entrepreneurs, one of the biggest things that leads to female business owners closing their business is burnout. This is just too much managing the home front, raising a family, growing a business. It's all too much. Like I'm burning out here. So I'm out. So what do you think are the critical components to creating a, I guess, a simple, sustainable business that then also you can scale in the future without going down that path of burnout? Yeah. If I broke it down to one single word, it would be intentionality. I think you need to be Mm. so incredibly intentional. And I think you always start with the end in mind and reverse engineer your results. And that's true of what you achieve in your business, but it's also true of how you achieve it. And you can achieve things at a sustainable pace. You can achieve things where you're not working 24 by seven or requiring your team to, where you're not building a business that's so complex and that feels so heavy that you just really don't look forward to even doing what you used to love doing anymore. And so Mm -hmm. I agree with your definition of sustainability across the board. And I think it starts with that intentionality. And so what I frequently tell people is, I'm sure, you know, you work with your clients all the time on strategic planning because we have a big love of that. And I think part of that strategic planning is capacity-based planning. It's looking at what are the resources you have available to you? What are the time resources you have available, the knowledge resources, the financial resources? What is your overall capacity? What is your team's capacity? And I think you need to plan with intention within that capacity. And I always recommend Mm -hmm. you leave a 30% buffer. So if you plan to work a 40-hour work week, you only actually commit to 28 hours worth of work, which that usually has people freak out when I first say that. And they say, I can't even get done what I need to in 40 hours. And you want me to only commit to 28. But the reality is if you commit to 40 hour, you're working 60. It's just the way that it goes. Things take longer than you expect. Unexpected things come out of left field. It doesn't matter how great of a planner you are. Life happens. Um, (laughs) You know, and life seems to happen a lot more in the past couple of years, it seems, right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I think that you do need that buffer. And so if you commit to, I can get this done. And when I look at my capacity, I want to make decisions based on what we can do with that 30% capacity left in my schedule. I guarantee you that time will get fully filled up, but on the off chance that you have magical time left over at the end of the week, which almost never happens, you have plenty of things on your list that you could go and pull and work on. It's not like you're going to sit idle for all of that time, but what it will do is it will help you create that protected space in your calendar for things taking longer, for things being unexpected, for innovation and being able to work on your business. And it will allow you to move things forward at a sustainable pace. So when I do strategic Mm -hmm. planning with my team, we don't plan based on the 40 hours. We look at, okay, what are all the things that we need to do? 
can we get this done in 70% of our total capacity? If we feel like we could with a high degree of confidence, then we commit to that plan and that's what we end up moving forward with. I love everything that you said there and definitely a really great strategy in planning with less time in mind, as you said. A lot of the women that I work with are mums in business and so there's that goal to work within school hours. There's not a lot of time in the week then. You're sort of looking at sort of it's really a part-time business in that the hours that you can work during school hours are 25 hours a week perhaps. There's sometimes that tricky spot, especially in the beginning stages or in a growth stage of business, as you referred to, where we're maxed out on our time, we're maxed out on our resources, but there's still a gap with cash flow. And we know that we need to get the cash flow coming in to then perhaps outsource and buy some resources, buy time by getting someone else to come in and help us to be part of our team. What would be your suggestion there if listeners are going, well, I've maxed out my 25 hours a week. I can't afford to get a team member on board because at the moment the cash flow isn't there. What would be your suggestion in that case? Yeah, it's such a common scenario, isn't it? And when yeah. it comes to team, it's always chicken or egg. It's bring this person on. Yeah. They're going to help me generate more revenue. They're going to free me up to do higher value activities. Great, but I can't pay for this person until I find the time to bring in the revenue so that I can hire the person. And so it always is that balance. And I will say in all the businesses that I've worked with over these past 22 years, from the largest businesses to the smaller, more just kind of getting started in those first few years of business, there is always, like I've never found an exception where there isn't hidden time and money in your business. And so I think it takes that real honest look at what you're allocating, those 25 hours that you have to, Are you really putting your time Mm -hmm. on the things that are going to move the needle and that are the highest impact activities? And I think this comes with that strategic planning. It comes with that clarity of what's your overall vision? What do you see right now for your next level? What are those near-term goals? And when you look at all of the things that you could invest your time in, because you always have more opportunity and more ideas than you could ever possibly get done in whatever time you have available. It's, are you actually directing your focus on the ones that are going to get you your goal fastest? And if your goal is to bring in more Mm -hmm. revenue so you could hire a person, then I think you really need to make the decisions through those filters. Is, Is there something maybe I could pause or is there something that maybe I could do in a different way where it's going to take me less time so that I could free up even two hours to do whatever my most highly leveraged activity is? that I have proven in the past translates into paying clients, right? It's not the two hours to go Mm -hmm. experiment with something new. It's the two hours to double down on what's working and what you know is going to bring that revenue into the business. And we always feel like I'm doing exactly what I should be doing. There's nothing I could do different. I just need more time. But if you really get honest with what your near-term goals are and you look at exactly how you spend your time, you can usually find a couple hours that can be redirected or freed up. Yeah, really valid. I think that that's perfect advice. Tell me about the lean out method because this is, I guess, your signature. This is your flagship that you do within your business. I'd love to know more about what that means and how you developed that. Yeah, absolutely. So lean out method has four stages, uh, four pillars. It's context, clarity, commitment, and Kaizen. Kaizen is a lean word. It means continuous improvement and change for the better. And really, it means 
measure what's working <laughs> and make data-driven decisions in your business. And that can be quantitative data or qualitative data, but take that time to actually reflect, look at what's working and continue to make those improvements so that you can get to your results in a simpler, more streamlined, more sustainable way. But if you start with the context, the context is your vision, your goals, your business model. Where are you going? Why is it important? What's important right now? Once you know that, that's where the clarity comes in and that's where you create your plan. That's where you start to look at, okay, what is my focus for the next 90 days? What are the things I could commit to? What are my revenue targets? Do I have growth targets for my business? Is there something I'm really focused on expanding and creating the plan around it to get there? And then commitment is committing. It's I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to go all in and I'm going to make the hard decisions. It doesn't mean I'm going to commit and hustle myself into the ground. It means I'm going to commit to the outcome that I want to get and I'm going to be creative and I'm going to be flexible and I'm going to work through the blockers that come up and not let it stop me. I'm going to work through mindset just as much as I keep coming up with new strategies to try to figure out how to achieve this. I'm not going to let bright, shiny objects pull my attention away. I'm going to stay focused on what is important. And then that Kaizen doing that reflection to make it better. So those are the overall Mm -hmm. four pillars. And I think they honestly apply to everything in our life, even though they are specifically to business. (laughs) Yeah, 100% agree with you on that one for sure. What advice do you give to business owners with the mindset? Because you mentioned with the commitment, you know, and there are those blockers that come up within business. And I don't think that that ever really changes. I think it's a continual thing that as entrepreneurs, being problem solvers and solution makers, there's always going to be roadblocks that come up or might not necessarily be a roadblock as in, I can't do this because of something standing in my way, but it actually can be yourself standing in your own way. Can you highlight how you've worked with clients in the past to move through those blockers when it comes to mindset? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're right. Probably not get this quote exactly right, but Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank has a quote that I absolutely love. And it's like our biggest competition or our biggest challenge in business isn't the competition. It's what goes on inside our own head. Yeah. And it's just, I feel like it's such a great quote and so illustrative of what happens because for all of the external things that do get in our way and that do present those roadblocks, as you said, it's usually us more so than anything else that slows us down the most and causes us to change direction or to not stay committed to something. And so I have a fun little activity that I do with people. It's called the effort list. (laughs) And so anytime you recognize that you have a mindset block, if there's anything that comes up and you're like, I really need to raise my prices, but if I do, nobody's going to pay the extra, you know, the price. And I really want to be able to help people. And it's not really fair if I raise my prices because of the economy. And there's all these things that we could do where we talk ourselves down from doing Mm -hmm. the thing that we need to do. And so I actually, I have guides that I've created for people to help them recognize where they have an unhealthy mindset and how to flip it to more of a healthy mindset. But I also encourage people to create an effort list. It's like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to raise my rates. Or there's those things that like you need to start doing. And then there's those things you need to stop doing. Like, oh, I'm so glad you said that. Yes. It's both, right? It's like, I'm no longer going to let my business bleed into family time. I am going to protect this time. It's going to be non-negotiable. I'm going to stop letting my business bleed over. And so it's like, there's those things that you want to start doing and that you want to say Mm -hmm. yes to that you've been putting off. And there's things that you need to stop doing and say no to as well. Yeah, 100%. 
And it is really tricky sometimes saying no to things, particularly at the beginning of your business journey or a few years in when you're in a growth phase and all these opportunities coming your way. But it's about choosing what to say yes and what to say no to. And as you said, it's being intentional. And I create a vision board every year. And for the last, I know certainly 2019, 20, 21, intentional was my word for the year. It still is. It's almost like my sub word. It just is always there. As a business owner, it's like, right, how can I be really intentional about the things that I want? How am I going to get there? How can I be intentional in my journey to make that happen? It all comes down to what are you going to say yes to? And what are you going to say no to? And which of those things are that you do say yes to are really catapulting you towards that business dream or that self-care time or being creating more freedom in your business so that you can be with the people who mean the most to you. And you know, that's that holistic business model that I work with within my programs when I'm working with my private clients and within my group coaching sessions is making sure that we're taking that holistic approach in integrating those three sides because as a mum and a business owner, it's really hard to separate those things completely. But at the same time, if we don't have some separation, if we don't really get intentional about what those things mean standing alone, it can become very, very messy. And that's really where burnout happens. That's where relationships start to break down. And that's where we start to resent our business as well. And it's just not a nice place to be in. So I'm so glad that you raised those sorts of things. One last question before we wrap up today, growing a team. We've sort of touched on it a little bit, but as I mentioned before we hit record, most listeners are either solopreneurs or very small teams, less than five. Um, Some people might be in the position as we just talked about the chicken or the egg. Am I ready to have a few team members so I can really accelerate my business forward? Can you share the concept or the teaching behind achieving more by doing less with that lean out method when you relate it to having a team? Yeah, absolutely. I think when people think of team, people have different perceptions in their head of what a team looks like. But a team could be a VA for three hours a week or for five hours a week or for 10 hours a week. It doesn't have to be a full-time employee or somebody that you're on, you have on salary with benefits and all those things. And so I think as quickly as possible in your business, you do want to get yourself support because that is how you achieve more by doing less. And if you think about the things that fuel you in your business versus the things that drain you in your business, if you work a five-hour day and Monday you spend that day on all things that you love to do, and Tuesday you spend those five hours on all things that you do not love to do that drain you, you are going to end those days feeling very, very different. And so it's sometimes quality as much as it is quantity. You can overwork and be exhausted, but you can also be really exhausted and drained simply by doing things that are not your strengths and that you're not passionate about. And if anything that frustrate you or that really put you in that place where you don't love your business enough. And I think that that's one of the first places that you want to look to hire when you're doing your first initial hires. You either want to bring somebody in who's going to help you immediately generate revenue, or you want to bring somebody in who's going to take off your plate things that you don't love, that you're probably not that good at, that they could probably do a whole lot quicker and more efficient. And so that they could not only free up hours in your week, but they could free up that mental capacity Mm. and the energy 
to be able to do those things that you really need to, to move the business forward. Mm. And you take a lot longer on things that you don't love and that you're not good at. And it just in general makes you work a lot slower because you're not excited about what you're doing. You're not in that fired up. I'm going to get this done. I'm so excited. I get to do this today kind of place. And so I think that's where your team supports you. And as you're able to build out and scale out that team in an ideal world, you've got a team where you have a great ecosystem where you get to stay pretty squarely in your zone of genius and the other people on the team get to do the same. So you have this beautiful ecosystem that does it. It, of course, takes a long time to get there and a lot of iterations before you get there. But as you start making those first hires, that's what I recommend. And that really is how you can get a lot more done. Because when people are aligned to what they do best and what they love best, they get things done a lot quicker, a lot better. They're a lot happier. It's more sustainable. They're more fulfilled. Mm. All of those things. And that just helps move the business forward as much as the hours do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other side to that as well, which is important to just mention of, is to make sure that you've got a few systems in place for those team members to feel supported, that it's not the case of like, well, I need help with social media marketing, scheduling out my posts. Okay, here's what I want you to do. Off you go. Like there needs to be some foundational systems and processes in place so that your team member if they're having trouble with your system in the way that you like it to be done, that there's a guide or a checklist or SOP or a standard operating procedure that they can lean upon to be able to do that work in the way that you would like it to be done. Sometimes I see where it fails is that people go, oh, well, I just want you to do this. And they give them very brief instructions. And then it's like a sink or swim and don't go back to check on them and support them, especially in those first few months of onboarding. It definitely needs to be an onboarding process with new team members coming in. In saying that though, if you don't have those systems and processes in place right now, but you know you want to have a team, even as you said, it's a three hours a week with a VA, it's just about investing a couple of hours to sit down and write that stuff out and then pass it on. And yes, maybe it might take a few iterations to get it flowing. But to know as you're going into starting a team that there will be that and it's okay, it's normal, it's part of the process, but it does get easier and easier as time goes on. And it frees you up to, as you said, really sit into your zone of genius and do the higher level tasks that are going to bring either more income or customers into your business, which is where we can then look at scaling and growing. So really, really great valid points there. I think it's time that we wrap this up. Is there anything else that you want to add before we move on to closing out the show? I'm just, I'm absolutely going to be linking all of the different ways that people can discover you. And I'll ask you for your social media handles and stuff like that in a second. But is there anything else you want to leave us with today? Yeah, there's a technique that I've developed called Chuck that will help you get time back and find those areas that you might be spending it on things that aren't the most important. It's really simple. Chuck stands for cut, hold, change, and keep. And if you take all of the different things that you do in your business, and I recommend you do this each month and just run it through those filters. Is this something that I should cut? It's no longer where I want to take the business. It's not adding value. I don't enjoy it. Cut it. Hold, important, want to get to it someday. Not important right now. Let me free up some space for some other things. Change and keep. It's working. It's great. This is something we want to keep doing. Keep is, you know, it's working great as is. Changes, it could be better. I could get better results from this if I make some small changes. 
just it's a five minute activity. But if you run the things that you're doing through that at least once a month, you will almost always find things that you can put in the either cut or hold list. And that's what's going to give you some of that time back to either explore new ideas or to make sure that you're working at a more sustainable pace. That's so great. Yeah, I love that. And I definitely recommend that everyone who's listening does like an end of month process, which is reviewing all the different areas of your business. And that's definitely something that should be in there as part of that end of month process. Oh, this has been a really great chat. And I'm sure we've only just scratched the surface in hearing you, different things are popping up for me in my mind. So I'm sure that this conversation will continue at some point. I'm so glad that our paths have crossed. So where can people find you to discover more about the lean out method or any of the other sorts of things that you do within your business? Yeah, absolutely. You can go to leanoutmethod.com to find all of the things. And if you are a podcast listener, which I'm assuming you are, if you're hearing this right now, (laughs) you can find my podcast at leanoutpodcast.com. Great. Well, thanks so much for spending time with us this morning. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the She's in Business podcast. If you enjoyed it, please share it on Instagram and Facebook. And I'd be so grateful if you could leave me a review on iTunes. Be sure to include your business name and Insta handle so I can give you a shout out too. If you want to know more about what I do, the programs that I offer, then head over to www.donnahan.com and follow me on Instagram at Donna underscore Han underscore SIB. I hope this podcast inspires you to be courageous and take action in carving out your very own business by design, where you can avoid burnout and shine like the universe is yours.